If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to Cyberpunk Uncensored, and I am Rob Mulligan. Today, I have a special guest with me, Ellen from Roll to Cast. What's up, Ellen? Oh, you know, nothing much. Just the world crumbling around me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Aside from that, how you doing? Yeah. Yeah, not too bad, actually. Um, just recovering from, I don't know, I think it's summer for you, but it's winter here in Australia. Oh. And it is nippy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, here in, here in Los Angeles, we actually have a, a really bad heat wave this past weekend. Yeah. It's horrible. They I have rolling hearing. blackouts and there's fires going on. It's just oh, unbelievable. Shit. So it's like Australia there for you guys, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's like, a, like it's like a version of cyberpunk where it's very heavily post-apocalyptic based, you know? Yeah. I'm just like, uh-huh. So it, uh, you're in a heat wave. Um, there's bushfires everywhere. Are, are you sure you're not in Australia? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see a koala anywhere near no, you? No. <laughs> okay. Well. But yeah, aside from yeah, aside from that and obviously all the, you know, quarantine and riots and protests and politics stuff going on and yeah. all that all that bad shit. Um there's at least cyberpunk going on and that's what I'm excited to talk to you about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, cyberpunk sadly has moved into the real world. I know. Um, <laughs> as they always as they always predicted it would. Um, right. But <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. So I'm, I'm this close to strapping on, you know, getting my wolvers and, um, <laughs> you know, my cybernetic eyes. Oh, yeah, and we're, almost and we're almost there. We're almost there. Starting shit. <laughs> yeah. But no, what, what, what really, I mean, ultimately, what got you into cyberpunk or, or role playing in general? Like, which came first for you? Like, for me, I started with D&D. And then once I got into cyberpunk, it was like, I'm just obsessed with it. But what got you going? Uh, well, I didn't start role-playing until really, really late. Um, it was kind of like a business decision from our company, Baby Beard Media, because we have one podcast that's like an, an ongoing one uh, where we uh, watch Futurama episodes. It's called Shut Up and Take My Podcast, and that's yeah. coming to an end at the moment. Uh, and the whole gimmick of our, our show or our ourselves as um, performers is that we are actually all creatives in some way most of us are actors with a theater background and then we've also got one director and producer and so we were like how do we utilize our you know considerable acting talents with our interest in nerd shit you know uh so we started this podcast called roll to cast and we really wanted to explore role-playing games that weren't just dnd because like the market is so saturated with with dnd Oh yeah, podcasts and as much as we all we all dabble, um, I think a little bit in D and D. I've got an ongoing. Uh, I, I'm playing in an ongoing uh, campaign. Um, nice. Where I play as a, a. I call her Nikki Nikki Minaj the half orc, um, <laughs> but her name is Sparkles, and she's just real big. Nice. Oh, yeah. Um, real knows what she wants, which is usually sex and killing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we wanted to explore games that, um, you know, are more genre-based, that you can kind of make more 
um, compelling stories and really play with genre. So our first season of Roll to Cast was Cyberpunk 2020 because obviously we heard about um, 2077 and we were like, oh, this is a really interesting world. And at the moment, like the, the fan community and people who are excited for it is just bubbling away and simmering, simmering, simmering. So everyone kind of wants to get in on the action. So what better to do than go back to the very roots and, and do 2020. So we did that campaign. Um, our next season was Vampire the Masquerade because uh, uh-huh. uh, our producer, Chris, he has been playing Vampire the Masquerade, I shit you not, for like, over 10 years like closer to 20 and he's only 29 you know so he started very young um so then we did vampire the masquerade and um bit of a humble brag you know Uh, but uh our next our latest season which is um releasing as we speak is cyberpunk red (laughs) because we got in contact with artel zorian games uh we got to interview mike on our show and jay and uh, they gave us the beta rules for Cyberpunk Red. You know, no biggie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's so exciting that, you know, from 20 to 20, 2020, and, and, and we got our little grubby hands on, on Red, um, and we get to really explore the world before so cool. anyone gets the full rules there. <laughs> oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of my background. I've, I've always wanted to do more role-playing stuff, Um but I'm really shit at math, so D and D for me was always a big hurdle. Yeah. Whereas I really like the I like a lot of D10, or uh, yeah, D10 systems. I really like how Cyberpunk works because yeah. it's just kind of like, you know, it it. it I think um, our uh, GM Phil was saying, or referee in Cyberpunk, as it were, it it has so much more capacity to swing both ways, either you've got a lot more likelihood of making big successes or big fails. Right. No, it's, I feel um, like I always like to say it's more based in, in, it has like more of a reality foundation, whereas like D&D and the other ones absolutely. feel very fantasy, but cyberpunk is more like you're not playing a weird other race. You know, there's different races within being a human, but you can connect yeah. on that level. And then, you know, within that, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's more cutthroat. There's no magic or like a potion you can take to heal yourself. Yeah. It's very... It's very dangerous. I love it because of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> because when I play in D&D, I feel kind of invulnerable. You know, I've got I've got a super tank character, essentially. And not only that, D&D kind of facilitates a more, um, not gentle way of playing because it's all combat-based, but you are big damn heroes. Right. And from, for the most part, you live to fight another day. Whereas, right. I think um, uh, my one of my friends, he plays in one of our ongoing campaigns that I GM, he kind of put it like, uh, you know, D&D coming from that, like, you know, you play and you see a horde of, of goblins or a horde of this. And it's like, let's go kill them or let's go do this. Yeah. And whereas in cyberpunk, like you see a, a group of like solo assassins or corporate guards. Yeah. And it's like you don't just rush right into it. Like you will die. Yeah. You know, like or it's even just a different. booster gang. You're just like, no, right. fuck this noise. I'm going to take a walk around the block. Yeah. Like it just <laughs> you're more tactful in cyberpunk. It just feels more real and dangerous, you know? Yeah. But and I um, think that really helps you sink into the role playing of it you know oh totally it's it, very immersive it's like, because of that yeah yeah because it's like as much as i pretend have i crushed a man's head between my thighs no um right. <laughs> but like have i seen a kind of group of shady people on the street and had to kind of use my wit and guile to kind of just talk my way out of it yes i have right. so it's like 
you know, cyberpunk's um, not so different from our own world. You just get you just get to really go back at the system, which is exactly. really cool and my favorite thing about and it. it. And, and part of that low life comes with that high tech, you know, that high tech low life, you know, sort of yeah. gameplay. So it just comes with all those cool cybernetics and things like that. So I, it's just so cool. But before we get, get into that, because I do want to talk about Red and dive a little bit more in detail about mm-hmm. cyberpunk stuff. But I just want to mention to anybody listening, um, I, I know we mentioned it before, but check out Roll to Cast. That's the podcast that we were just talking about where uh, her and her friends, you know, p- post their gameplay. And I know yeah. th- there's some people that don't like watching or listening to gameplay, some that do. I'm one of those that I'm obsessed with it. I love it. I listen <laughs> to all the podcasts. I've listened to all your guys' episodes, and then I watch other streams. You know, I stream two games weekly on Mulligan Live on YouTube, plus I do this podcast. But I love it. You know, uh, even every day when I, I work out every day, I'm obsessed with that too. But um, when I do that, I don't even listen to music anymore doing that. I'll typically listen to g- gameplay while I'm working yeah. out. I'm just, I love it, you know? But um, Yeah, you're all up in it. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm, I like that we... Obsessed. Um, that we kind of approach it more... Uh, I I think the way I learn things, it's, it's much easier to see how someone does it. So I think the... Oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully when people listen to our red campaign, which is called Feed the Beast, um, they'll be able to see the things in action because it's all very well and good to go, okay, oh, now you can grapple a guy. Exactly. Um, cool. But, but it's cool it's to see it like, to in, actually... yeah, to see the process kind of play yeah. out so you can see exactly the order of events and how it goes. And I think the cool thing about having the advanced red thing, like, you know, you guys posting that, the, the actual gameplay, and I know – you know, you're not allowed to go into detail about the specific rules or read from <laughs> no. the book. I, I know exactly because I, I have an advanced copy as well for our stream, for our games. Um, so we can yeah. kind of talk about it a little but I, I do. Know, I, I understand, you know, the NDA aspect to it. But um, yeah. but I love the fact that, you know, you post a gameplay and people can listen to that and, you know, pick up little cool pieces of things that, oh, shit, OK, that's how they're doing this now. And, oh, that seems to be different. And net running mm. works like this now. And it's just it's so cool to be able to, I don't know, hype it ahead of time, you know. I really like yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I'm most excited for in um or the one that one of the things that really got me jazzed for Red, uh not even for my character, but uh one of our players, Chris, he plays as a netrunner and in 2020 reading the netrunning thing made my head explode a little bit. Like oh, yeah. I said, I'm not uh, it takes me kind of a considerable effort to kind of really get into the to the game mechanics. Um, and net running seemed really, really hard for me. I was like, oh, yeah. oh net running in Cyberpunk 2020 is for expert gamers. <laughs> right. Well, and it's also <laughs> it kind of takes away from the, the, the group. There's just so- certain things about it that are just too crunchy and too detached from the team. You know, so yeah. like I feel and well, I know that like a lot of GMs, they wouldn't even incorporate net running into 2020 when they would play or they would totally homebrew lots of it, you know. Yeah. And, um, and and I agree with you. I think the way Red is, is, is doing it, it's just so streamlined and awesome. Mm. And the best thing about it is it's so easy to visualize. Um, yeah. In our in our campaign, some of our net running sections are, 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 are some of my favorite pieces of content because it's just like it is honestly like you're in this matrix kind of vr thing where you can still kind of see the architecture of the place that you're physically in the meat space but then you can also see you know the net it's more like ar than vr it's like you know both kind of overlays over um and the whole idea of it being like an elevator so you kind of go level one level two and you know that kind of um 
visualization is so so helpful but also so fucking cool <laughs> right what else what yeah. other things like since you, you know you've played 2020 as well and you're familiar mm. so like what other and obviously like you know like we said we can't go into extreme detail but you know what are some of your favorite things that they've changed like for me i love uh you know what they did with role abilities you know like mm. for instance like how the solo can you know allocate his points into kind of subcategories before entering combat to do different things it's no longer just this number that adds to your initiative and that's it you know what i mean yeah absolutely it makes the gameplay a lot more specific and it's it, and not just the gameplay your ability to role play and figure out how your character kind of lives in the world because uh, in 2020 i played as a rocker um nice. And so you had the whole thing about ensemble and entourage and whatever and a kind of vague number system for if you are this popular, then you'd probably have this many people as your little posse that you can kind of call on from time to time. But it was a bit, um, I, I think it was kind of uh, based on your own uh, skill and judgment to what that number would be, who those characters might be and, and how you could kind of, you had to be a bit more creative in figuring out how to utilize them. Yeah. Um, whereas I didn't look up so much of the rocker stuff in red cause I kind of focused on, I play a nomad in our red campaign. Yep. So I kind of wanted to focus on the thing I'd, I'd actually be playing. Otherwise my head well, would explode. <laughs> and I definitely want to get into the nomad stuff too. Cause oh, I love what yeah. they did there too. But, but going back oh, to what you were sure. saying about the rocker. But, yeah. Boy. With the roles, it's it's a definite number. So if you right. are this rank, then you are about this equivalent of being famous, you know. So it kind of goes from, ah, you're in the indie scene, you know, people who know you know ya, to maybe you're starting to get a lot more looks off the street to like, holy shit, you're Johnny Silverhand. You just point exactly. at someone and th they'll go. <laughs> and I love how it's kind of a, an ongoing role or whatever, role R-O-L-L -L instead of R-O-L-E, meaning that like yeah. in that in that uh, stat or skill, I should say, um, that role ability, how like as you're going around the city or meeting people or interacting, if you want to kind of pull that angle like, well, I'm a fucking rocker, don't you know me sort of thing or whatever, exactly. you can constantly like roll to that ability to see within a certain number of people what you can influence or whatever i don't know it's just it like you said it goes really it goes more into depth and it's so cool yeah and it, and it fits in more it, it's less of a um an estimation on the referee's part to how they could make that work yeah um you know phil our, our referee for 2020 and red he's he's amazing he's so so into it um and both of the stories that we've played are his original creations. But I, I know with Rocker, he was kind of... There was a lot more guesswork involved with, uh, you know, would this person know you? And, right. oh, well, you must have a gig coming up, so so you'd have to prepare for that. So maybe we'll make some roles around you writing song lyrics and, and things like that. Whereas it just integrates more with the gameplay in Red. So there's less guesswork for the referee to kind of go exactly. off Exactly. And I think they did something very similar, like with the exec, you know, which is what the corp is or whatever. Yeah. But um, very similar where they got, you know, kind of specific with like what, you know, what kind of support you can actually pull on, like what exactly your resources are. Like it's very specific now. And I love that. It's no longer just yeah. in general, like, oh, can I get this favor from the company? Can I get that favor for the company? Now it's like certain levels you get these certain cool things from the company or, or you can call on this or whatever. I, I don't know. I really yeah. like that. No, totally. I think 
you know, whenever you're playing a game, it's always up to the referee's discretion sure. what they're going to use. But it's so nice to have that so specific right off the bat because if you need the help or if you need that specificity, you can take it. And right. it's going to make your life a lot easier. But then if you also go, no, nah, I want to go off my own kind of rules, then sure, you can like well, throw it away. But it's what's... just nice to have it. Oh, totally. It's, it's such a great backbone and they cover everything. And it makes sense. But I think, you know, you just said something that, that rem- always reminds me. We always talk about how one of the cool things about cyberpunk is right in the rule books, like no matter which edition you have, there's always parts that are like, you know, at the bottom, it'll be some, you know, the last sentence will be something along the lines of, you know, but feel free to add your own or feel free to do this. You know, like they're always yeah. so like uh, cool with the GMs, like, you know, make your world yours. And like if something isn't working right for you and your players, then fuck it, man. Like add a new thing or do this or yeah, I don't know. It's just so cool. I love that. We uh, <laughs> I think there's a note um, because one of our uh, one of our characters is a is a tech and um, with you can specialize now into, oh, into kind of different elements of tech, yeah. which is also very, very cool. And it helps you figure out, yeah, what kind of tech would I be? Um, and it gets into like inventing. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and underneath that section, it is like, you know, referees beware, or referees or players beware. Right. This could break the game. <laughs> exactly. It's so cool. Yeah. Like they talk about things be, could potentially be unbalanced. I think they, they say the I same know. thing when it gets into like exotic weapons and other parts that always... You know, I don't know, it just, it still has that sassy attitude that you, you love reading in cyberpunk, you know, like yeah. they, they have attitude, like they still have that sort of, um, well, fuck, if you get this low, like, Hey, what's the name of your new character? Like that sort of vibe, yeah. you know, like I just <laughs> love rolling. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just so cool. It just has such attitude. And, um, yeah. and yeah, aside from that, like nomads, I love how, you know, back in the day they were just, to me, like 2020, it was like a nomad was almost felt like you're just a solo that dressed like, you know, Mad Max. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're a solo that, that <laughs> I'm, I'm a solo, but I'm more of a loner from the wastelands, but I'm in the city right now and I'll do some gigs or, you know, like it just always yeah. felt like that. And now like with Red after the fourth corporate war and everything that happened and how transportation went down, communication, nomads are, you know, they're the transport system. They're the support system of, of life getting things places and doing things and like, I don't know. They just it, they took on even more of kind of a noble feeling, and they have like more of an established like uh, role or a position, you know. And then like yeah. all those rollability things that really go with transportation are just so much more detailed now, like vehicle combat and all that stuff. It's just so cool. Yeah, like they went from essentially being like outsiders to now kind of backbones or pillars of of yeah, these new could, com- totally... communities that are trying to rebuild. And yeah. I just think that's. That's so cool in terms of integrating them into if you have more of a motley crew. Um, whereas in 2020, I could see people like if they wanted to ju- just doing a campaign of nomads. Yeah. And that would be like so fucking dope. Like that would just be like Mad Max, you know, in all its glory. You, you know, maybe you're fighting some other kind of nomad gang or pack and or, you know, d- doing some running for the corpse and stuff. Like I could I could so visualize seeing that. But having a nomad kind of in your crew in 2020 seems like they would be such an outsider to kind of city life. Um, right. Whereas, you know, we don't got no night city now in, in red. It's, it's now a big hole in the ground. And, yeah. uh, you know, who's responsible for, for who's most experienced at traversing all this kind of other area 
but nomads and it's really cool how they've they've just kind of pitched in to help um yeah i'm i had i'm having i mean we've all recorded it now so it's over but as it's coming out i just i love my nomad character so much i think she's so fun it's like they can be a face um, now you know like with that with the importance of their role it's like like in a team i can picture them being more of a face or more of a needed position for traveling and all that and like you said because night city is completely being rebuilt it's all under construction it's all new and red you know life is finally getting back in after the toxic fallout it's finally you know livable even though it's still there's still toxic rains and wash off systems entering buildings and just the craziness of the environment but like i feel like nomads um I don't want to say stepped up because it's not like they, they, they stepped up or had, you know, but like they, their position in this world is just so like important now. It just has such a cool feeling to it. Yeah. Um, I actually rolled because uh, there's different uh, suggestions of what your um, in your life path, like what your nomad pack is. Oh, and I love <laughs> and I what they did with the life path. Yeah, I rolled this traveling circus. Like, oh, wow, nice. <laughs> yeah, everyone at Baby Beard was like, Ellen, you picked that on purpose. Right. Like, for sure you did. And I was like, no, no, seriously, guys, I rolled it. I'm not making this up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love um, that they did that with Life Pass, that each, you know, each individual uh, role or whatever can have, you know, a separate Life Path aside from the general one. And that's one thing I've everyone always talks about with cyberpunk is how extensive the life path stuff is it's so badass even 2020 you know but i feel like with Mm. red it even got cooler like they do everything that they did but then now individual roles actually have their own things that can kind of uh like you said earlier each role has so many subcategories or sub personality or job traits or whatever that you can get real specific with what type of role you are underneath that role it's like it's so cool and and even with like adding in multi-classing and um the hit point system and just you know all these like changes are just i don't know it's to me it's they simplified some of the shit that was maybe a bit too crunchy or a bit overwhelming to some and Mm. then you know they like expanded on stuff where it's really fucking appreciated you know like i love it yeah and and for me it really kind of helps me with that acting background that role-playing um kind of factor because you can roll all of these decisions you know what's my what's my relationship with my family um you know what kind of what's been the last big impactful moment for me um you know even things like fashion and affectations you roll and like because it's so random it really is uh is an interesting and fun job for you as a player and performer to kind of go all right so this person like their best relationship is with their you know let's say it's like with their father but then also they had a huge falling out with the family so like what does that mean for a character how does that affect their life how do you play that and i just think that that really helps that factor in cyberpunk where it's like these are people cyberpunks are people and they're just trying to get by in the world as much as we are. So a lot of their struggles are, are very, you know, similar to ours. And you can put a lot of empathy in there and, and really, really um, role play it to the best of your oh, ability. Yeah. yeah, you can totally it bring was, them to life, you know? Yeah. It was really hard giving up that, um, <laughs> giving up the fashion roles to chance, I will say. because yeah. like, <laughs> Sometimes it can I'm, get I'm a little so weird. Invis- 
some yeah. I'm someone who's very like aesthetic. Um, you know, I always say it's kind of like my uh, my philosophy with uh, not only my half walk, but most things I do in life. It's like mm, can't do it if you're not cute, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Can't uh, fight crime if you're not cute. Well, and, um, and and cyberpunk's big on that. You know, it's all about style. It's all about you know? style. Yeah, and and it's nice when that kind of fits up with your own personal aesthetic. For my yeah, yeah. twenty twenty character, um, Cassie Glass, she's a rocker. You know, she's very chic, very cool, very understated. Uh, and so I was really lucky that my roles it was kind of like lingerie as outerwear. Um, <laughs> like I think her affectation was glasses, like sunglasses and stuff like that, or different eyewear. Um, nice and like. That stuff, I was like, ooh, ooh, I can already, like, see the the image of this character. I can al- already see the costumes and um, and stage wear, but also just personal wear that she would kind of go about in, you know, a lot of mesh, a lot of textures, yeah. a lot of kind of see-through things. And then I supplemented that by giving her, LED, like, LED tattoos so that you would be able to, like, see her tattoos through her clothing. And, like, for me, um, my favorite thing as an actor is when I try on my costume and like oh, yeah. just as much excitement from picking fashion or rolling fashion in um in cyberpunk as well yeah it's totally bringing it to life and yeah honestly like any time i mean now I, I gm all the time but when i would play um that was the one thing i typically wouldn't roll because i would always be like oh like i don't want to get a certain yeah. <laughs> haircut or look or certain thing because, like, I'm very specific with that, like, in the game because it's cyberpunk. Like, I love how you can get so detailed in style and look, and it, I don't know, it comes into play, and I love that. <laughs> mm. I I have a question. Like, how do you personally interpret the style, you know? Because that's the biggest thing about cyberpunk. It's, it's style over substance. Is it cool? Because right. that's what gets you the most kind of currency in, in you know, the cyberpunk world can you do something stylishly and cool and uh kind of ride your um your street cred as it were oh yeah so like no, and, how do and, you interpret that when you run games well i love i love doing it in two different ways like i think it definitely plays in style and look you know and how you are obviously like it comes across in different environments it could be interpreted or you know come with repercussions or rewards but I think it's also heavily into actions. Like every once in a while, I'll call on a player just to make a general cool role while they're doing an action to be like, well, fuck, you nailed that, man. Tell me, like, you didn't just run over there. You did, like, a couple somersaults and did this. And, like, people yeah, are like, oh, you, shit. And this one chick took a picture like and posted it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'll just add all this shit to it. So, like, I'll, I'll definitely put it in the actions as a cool role because it's part of cyberpunk. And, and I love when players do that, too. Like, I have a couple – uh couple players that are really into that uh one being my wife she plays a solo on on one of the teams weekly and then my buddy mickey who's also an actor but uh when they do certain things i love when they describe it in detail like they don't just oh i'm gonna shoot that person like they're like oh i want to dive over this way and then shoot him sideways and then and then then if it's a hit or it kills him i'm always like and you can describe it like you know what i mean yeah and they'll totally get into it and i I just love that shit (laughs) yeah and i think that's that's what I, i i that's what i consider the whole style part of cyberpunk it's like the look and the attitude with what you're doing not just what you're doing yeah and like the feel of it as well um phil does like a similar thing where it's kind of like if you really impress him with like a description of something uh or the way you phrase something or just role-playing he'll be like 
that was cool. I'll give it to you. You know, I'm not going to make you like, like yeah, yeah. Uh, I think in our 2020 campaign, uh, our fixer junk um, played by Sean, he, he has like a, a grappling hook kind of thing uh, on his, on his arm. And so I think we have like a meeting with him and he kind of like, at the end, he kind of like Batman's his way out of there. Like he just shoots <laughs> off and, and grapples his way out of there and just like disappears into the night. And Phil was like, that's fucking cool. You know, like I'm not yeah, going to yeah. make you roll for that. Cause if like, you know, it, it's cool. And that's part of the world. Whereas oh, if yeah. I made you roll for it, you might get a one and like, I don't know, your grappling hood, <laughs> like it goes all inspected gadget. And it like, yeah. <laughs> you just no, end so- up kind of like swinging back and forth while everyone's just standing there waiting for you. And that's not cool. Yeah, so like, yeah. I'll no, give sometimes... it to you based on your strength of play. Like, yeah, yeah. You got to just give it sometimes when it's a cool move, you know, or a cool yeah. description. And oh, and speaking of you know, the, the aspects of being cool in your role playing and stuff. That's another part of what's coming in red that I love is what they're doing with IP points, like the, or IP improvement mm-hmm. points. Um, and how it's kind of like, no, you no longer just gain the points and use them. Uh, it's like this whole report card system from the GM. So like whether the campaign's over or still in process determines how the GM kind of uses the report card system but I love that it's there, that they're, like it gets into how you role played, how you did this, how you did that. And you can look at the different points that you can reward. I don't know. It's just I love that aspect of it. Yeah, me too, because it really gives you the sense of longevity of a, of a game, um, which, I mean, we, it's a bit different for us because when we do roll to cast seasons, we usually just do a kind of one shot season so we can build a nice thematic arc so it's more like a season of television or a movie or or something kind of that we have something you can follow a narrative that we want to tell yeah yeah because um i mean spoilers no spoilers just check out our 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 season one listeners um going mainstream because we had players die (laughs) we had characters in our game bite the dust and that's that was it for them there was no re-rolling yeah. Because that character was dead. So we the the narrative carried on because it was a season. Um whereas if you were doing like a long ongoing game similar to how most people do D&D, you know, where it's just kind of ongoing and you meet up every week or weekend or whatever and you just you you imagine these travelers or adventurers just going around beating the shit out of <laughs> goblins <laughs> until you know until right. they you know, just forever. Uh, whereas in Cyberpunk, you know, 2020 or even Red, I'm just like, I don't want to do more than a season because I don't want my <laughs> sweet baby character to die. I'm very emotionally, I'm emotionally attached. You know, already so many other characters have died. I don't yeah. want to re-roll. Um, but I, I like that sense in Red that it's, it's uh, for me, the difference between 2020 and Red is that Red is a more hopeful game. Like the corpse are, you know, they're back on a leash. The government's not going to let them kind of have full control and just do whatever the hell they want anymore. Night City is gone. And so it's kind of, you know, this this moment of, well, what kind of world do we want to shape now? Because actually my input can affect that. Whereas in 2020, you're, you're punks living under the boot of the corporation, you know? And the biggest thing you can do is give a big fuck you to the system. Um, yeah. 
so it's it's a lot less hopeless but then you've got such a system of um a sense of rebellion rather you know this sense of fuck you if i'm gonna go out i'm gonna i'm gonna make a mark i'm gonna i'm gonna put a little cog in your in in your machine and even though it might be insignificant well that's what it's all about it's all about you know doing something exactly it lays out that like since things are you know it's a fresh start you can almost in you feel like you could influence a bit more but for me the the way i'm running it our two teams and the way we're diving into red um you know there there is a night city you know 2045 the the is after the toxic fallout and they rebuilt the city which is leading to that layout of 2077 however there's a whole string of neocorps some of the old corps aren't there but but between the neocorps, the post, uh, past ones trying to still coexist and come up in the new system in combination with the old gangs that aren't there, the new gangs that are there and all that, you know, it, to me, it's even more dangerous. It's more cutthroat because it's all new and everyone's fighting for a fucking spot at the table and there's less tables mm-hmm. because there's no more communication. There's no more tra- transportation. Nothing is governed. The city is still independent. Now, Arasaka has a chunk of the beach that they're working towards. It just seems yeah. more dangerous. And on top of that, there's this red sky so you don't get good sun. There's constant rains. It's toxic. Before going into shops and buildings, you're doing a wash off to get the shit off your body. Everyone's pissed off because they're wet and dirty it just seems more yeah. grimy to me and that's how i'm kind of pushing <laughs> it it is a little hopeful like you can maybe have a little influence because it, it is a new city in that sense but to mm. me i feel i feel it's more dangerous than 2020 and that's how i'm kind of yeah. pushing it <laughs> but i mean that i think that kind of goes hand in hand when there's more hope there's more fight you know oh yeah because it's not just you're not just fighting it's not to just give a you middle finger exactly um, and it's not know, just you everybody has that hope yeah. and is fighting for it, you know, so. And you're fighting to keep something. Whereas oh, yeah. you have nothing in 2020, you know, you're, you're owned, you're a product and someone's got a little barcode on you. Um, and it did feel, Red, you, yeah, and it did feel like, you, you know, you had less influence in 2020, like you said, because of the fact it was like all these corpse, everything is established and it's fucking there and you can't, you know, some of them are immovable forces. Like you're not going to change these big corporations or Militech or Arasaka or these huge yeah. names yet in red, I do, you, you can kind of get that feeling like everything's new and like, fuck, maybe I can, you know, like elbow my way yeah. over here and make something happen. Like, I don't know. It does feel a little more hopeful <laughs> in that sense. You're right. Did, did you play the apartment in the, no, the jumpstart no. kit? No, I don't, uh, I don't, did... I don't do too many of the, the set ones. I love cre- yeah. you know, creating and stuff, but I love watching other, other people do it. I have seen it, you know, on, yeah, you know, we did people. it as a kind of, um, yeah, just test run because we wanted to to test what the actual mechanics of the game were and, oh, and yeah. just kind of like have a have a play um before we got into the nitty gritty of our own campaign um but we when we interviewed jay from Martel Zorian, he kind of mentioned that that with the apartment it's it's such an emblematic thing of red because it's about community like this corp is trying to right Essentially, your your apartment block that you live in is going to be bulldozed by a corporation, and so there's a real kind of sense of this time it's personal. Like right. they're literally trying to get back at your community, yeah. Uh, and because it's a, an apartment, you know the people you live with, and, and you're all trying to get by together. So it gives you so much more of a sense to like why you're fighting for this because it's not just um, a corp going for you. It's a corp going for essentially 
your whole family and, and fuck if you're going to let them take it. Right. So it's kind of got that more sense of like, nah, little baby, you know, right. we, no, we totally. cut off the head of, yeah, we cut off the head of the corp and now all the little, you know, all the little thing, the little new heads are starting to sprout and we're going to take them on one at a time. Yep. Um, oh, I love so that, that was the yeah. kind of feel, yeah, that there's a real sense of community in Red, which I really, really love. Yeah, no, it definitely has that feeling like, you know, like with everyone trying to come up and find a spot for themselves in this new city, you know, people are grabbing on to the few that they can trust, you know, the few that they might mm. actually know or whatever, like, you know, you can totally feel that. And what, you know, going over all the different things that we know that have changed with Red from 2020 that we love and how they went into depth on certain things and all this, all that, what, after going through it, do you want to see in Red that you didn't see? Because, you know, I know the advanced copy. It's just the core rules. There's certain things yeah. mentioned in there that, like, you know, go to page XXX and it's it's not there, you know, that section when they talk about yeah. certain things. <laughs> but So we know it's going to expand on a bunch of things. But even knowing that and knowing what the core rules are, what do you want to see in Red that you didn't see in that? Or, or is there anything that you thought of that you didn't see that you wanted to see? I mean, I'm very excited to see, like, new books for Red um, because 2020 has so many, oh, yeah. you know, all the source different, books. Yeah, different source books that you can kind of sink your teeth into. Um, I don't know if it's just because it is a new world, but it's kind of like, you know, who's the Johnny Silverhand of Red? Like, who are the big players? Who are those kind of, right. um, you know, I, I'd love to kind of know more about that element, just more kind of like day to day things. But honestly, I love. I love Red how it is. Like, um, I'm with you yeah, on that. I, I, I think it's all, I, I it's all it's... there, but I'm with you. Like, I, I am the one thing that I'm excited to see is like, are they going to come out with like a Night City source book, a Night Market source book yeah. that's kind of like the Black Hand, you know, the Morgan Black Hand weapon book sort of equivalent? Is their Chrome Black book going to be like a compilation of all the other Chromes, you know, translated to work with Red in addition to new shit added to it? And like, I just, yeah. I, I want more, um, texture to the stories and like you know yeah, what i mean I like i want more stuff. substance yeah 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 more substance you know <laughs> like yeah I'm, I'm like the gameplay is dope i love that yeah yeah um whereas in terms of things i crave i'm like i don't know if i was going into a store and i wanted a snack what snacks would i have like <laughs> right <laughs> like all all my interest in in role-playing games is usually stuff that helps you role play um which, you know, I love that it's also so fresh as well. And so if you know stuff about 2020, you can easily bring that across. And yeah. we have little nods in our red campaign to our Cyberpunk 2020. Um, to Yeah, we have nods in Feed the Beast to going mainstream, like carryover characters and nods to that. So there's a few Easter eggs in there. Nice. Um, but I also love that it's so fresh and you can kind of make up shit for red. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's that's a lot of non-answer. I'm like, right. oh, I like them all. Right. Well, <laughs> More I stuff think... would be nice, but also it's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I totally get I it. Like, like it. I totally agree and get it. Like, it's it's awesome what it is. But it's just like it's so awesome. Like, we want more of it. Like, just more lore, more mm. details, more substance to it, so we can get our hands on it and use it and manipulate it into our games and shit. Like, it's just that cool to us, you know. So I totally. Yeah, get it. I mean just like stuff for people to get jazzed on you know because yeah um the thing i'm loving is like i had no idea how fervent fans of cyberpunk are until we really dipped our toes into 2020 um like you know as soon as the 2077 trailer came out 
people were already cosplaying as like characters from oh, the yeah. trailer and you're just like fuck man that's so that's so much passion and excitement and just raw energy that that people are kind of catching the wave on um so it's kind of like it's all that like like you said what's the texture of the world like if i walk down this street you know who am i going to see what buildings am i going to see yeah. what what is around me like people love those things yeah, and um, you just mentioned the 2077 game. I wanted to ask you what you think about the concurrent creation of Red and the, you know, 2077 game, you know, I mean, and, and what it's doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, as far I'm, as bringing attention to the, the tabletop and, like, you know, the video game, like, how do you feel about all that stuff? Well, that's one thing. Um, I I do some photo shoots or cosplays for... Oh, I love uh, it, too, our, by the way. Yeah, yeah I see, thank I see you, you posting those, and you said you did it for the... The um, Baby Beard Media, is not that what it is, your company? Yeah, that's our company. And so I'm kind of our Insta, Insta bitch. Um, Hell yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, like I said, I'm all about the aesthetic. And um, one of the ideas I had was like, oh, I, I want to do some like cosplays or in-character stuff for promotional material because um, I love, yeah, I love all of our material. Um, but I... I'm an actor, so it's just like, oh man, I wish as well like we could do a movie of our cyberpunk campaign. Yeah, it sucks like, that you live could... live way over there because if you were in LA, we could play around with shit like that. Because I don't know yeah. if you've seen, but I'm a filmmaker. You know, I produce and direct and create. I've films out in series. You know that I do in different genres and oh, um, awesome. Yeah, and one of the things I'm working on. Well, one of the things I'm working on now, maybe you could help with because it's something that you could do remotely. Is uh, oh. we're doing a. a I can't get into too much detail about it, but kind of like a cyberpunk um, cartoon sort of thing. Not to be confused with the cyberpunk Edge Runner animated Netflix thing that's coming out in a couple years. It's not stepping yeah. on toes like that. It's completely different, but I can't go into details. But um, maybe we can talk about you dropping a voice on a character or something. That'd be fun. Oh, fuck yeah. That's that's like my dream, you know? This is this is what kind of inspired Roll to Cast and Baby Beard Media. Like, you know, it's so much fun and I love... We do a lot of character voices my character in uh, red sprocket she has she has russian accent which is very fun to do and play nice. with um <laughs> uh, and so it's like oh i wish people could see us doing all these these role-playing things and i wish we could really be inside of the world and so yeah i started doing some photo shoots with a friend of mine jamie and um uh, where was i going with this fuck <laughs> and those photos look uh, awesome <laughs> they look awesome. They look super dope. And uh, I'm sure I had a point to this apart from talking about how dope I look. Um, oh, when it yeah, comes oh, into no, acting and all that. I think, I think we're that talking too. about 2077. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's where we started. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Shit, man. I'm how you so feel? bad at tangents. <laughs> I um, am too. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with cyberpunk. I'm like, so passionate about it. I could just go on on a tangent about it and just forget where I was because I'm, I know, you know, I can just I dive in. <laughs> but it's like uh it's that thing of like people are so excited and um you know doing stuff for that and like that led me to kind of the cosplay thing because so many people are hopping on it and there's so many like really cool facets of cyberpunk that I think you can really explore and sink your teeth into and that when I do those shoots my friend Jamie who's taking the photos he's always like the last one we did was a, a media role and he was like, okay, so tell me how you play as a media, or what's a media in, in cyberpunk, you know, what does that mean? 
And so yeah. when I tell him he's, these things, I'm always like, I hope that with the game, it's going to spark a f- flame and like really ignite passions for people to go discover the role-playing game. Oh, it will. It definitely will. Yeah. It's already been doing it. I know uh, in certain groups online, um, sometimes I'll see people uh, commenting or talking about it. One of our, one of our friends, Phil, who's uh, co-hosted with me on some of the episodes of our podcast, he uh, even brought it up as well. But seeing you know younger generations comment on different posts about Red and other things like, oh, shit, this is a tabletop game too. Well, I'm going to check that out. And I believe, I really do believe, like, one of the things that's making the video game so hype and so popular is the fact that it's an open world style game. So it Mm. just, it doesn't just have that cyberpunk genre vibe to it, but it's the details within that you can dive in and feel like you're living a a real life somewhere else or whatever. It's like a role playing, it's an RPG video game, you know, but it's the open, open world aspect. Same thing with, like... Um, GTA and other games, you know, that have that, they, they just get so popular in that genre. And I feel like, man, once the people that get in the video game, like not all of them, because not everybody wants to translate to tabletop, but the ones that yeah. really love open world, you know, some of them have got to realize like, shit, the role playing game, the tabletop version is an ultimate open world. Like there's no limitations. Like even in a video game, there's some, you know, because it's yeah. a program. But like exactly. ta- role playing tabletop, you can just whatever your mind creates or the GM c- can think of, you can bring to life and make it something, you know? Yeah, because uh, like looking at the, the gameplay and um, all the trailers that are coming out for 2077, like it all just looks amazing and having visuals always ups the ante for me because I'm such a tactile and, and visual person. Yeah. But like, you know, I've kind of been looking at, you know, when you play as V, the the character player, the player, fuck, the player character in, in 2077, <laughs> I think it's three classes you can play as, which is like, what, it's corp. Yeah, street uh, kid and... Yeah, street kid, a corp and... Oh. Shit, I can't remember. Or the nomad, other. right? <laughs> yeah, and a nomad. Like that's you're kind of like I think life that's what it path. Is. Yeah. That you but that kind could of, change uh, by the by the time it comes out, that could change too. Who knows? But I, I know what you're talking about. That's what is what we've seen anyway so far. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, oh, I'm and and you know, as a greater job C D Project Red, it's like they can't do everything. They can't. Right. Otherwise that would be a clusterfuck and they'd never get a game made. You oh, you know? couldn't you couldn't create um, a computer big enough to handle it. You know what I mean? Like it, it would just be yeah. too much, you know, if they really dove into it the way they want to, I'm sure. Yeah. So I I'm sure like the the passion for cyberpunk will kind of it'll feed into each other, you know. Oh, People yeah. who love what's um what twenty seventy seven allows them to do will hopefully think what else can i do you know more more i want more content well and And also look at like uh dungeons and dragons as an example you know they came out with the fifth edition and they streamlined all the rules kind of like what red's doing they made it easier for people to get along with but they expanded on some things that were cool to people and they just they diversified it within you know the game itself the characters the art they just upgraded everything but streamlined it most importantly so then more people could get along with it it got more popular that way then all of a sudden like some famous people are streaming gameplay it makes an appearance on uh stranger things on south park and random movies and other series and then all of a sudden boom it is fucking huge and everyone knows about it everyone has played it you know it's it's everywhere like you said with your podcast it was like you didn't want to do another D one because it's fucking everywhere it is so big it's, yeah <laughs> and i do believe cyberpunk is heading that way with the hype of the video game and the new red coming out streamline i i think you know maybe not to the extreme of D, but i really think it's going to come close if not the same but 
get that popular because of it being easy to get along with, because of the hype of the video game, and then before you know it, some celebrities are going to play it, even which they've already been doing. You've seen like Luke Gygax, you've seen Matthew Lillard uh, play live with Mike Pondsmith GMing. It's, yeah. it's going to get more and more, and then all of a sudden it's going to appear in a movie, on a TV show. That cartoon's going to come out on Netflix in a couple years, and like I see it blowing up the same way that D and D did with Fifth Edition, or at least close to, which would be awesome. Because think of all the new players, and it's just going to be awesome. Yeah, I think accessibility for um, particularly role-playing games is a is a big thing, or it's a big hurdle for kind of new people to to overcome because, like, that's why I didn't do D&D for ages because I'm like, I suck at math. Also, <laughs> uh, you need someone who's really up and around it to run it. And yeah. it's a big thing. If, if, if you don't know of a campaign that's already going or if you don't know someone who's asking people to join their campaign – it can be a big thing for someone who's never done it before because then you need to find someone who knows the system really well in, in depth enough that they can, you know, GM comfortably. Yeah. And then you either got to bend their arm somehow or ask them to run a campaign so you can play the game. And there's like, that, that's, a, right. that's a big accessibility thing right there. And so I think just having something that's, um, you know, I think accessibility of role-playing games is is something that uh you know stops a lot of people who'd really enjoy it um i'm running a kids on bikes campaign at the moment for a potential new season of roll to cast because i was like okay i've done a lot of role-playing now now i have to run a game and i want a system that's going to be super easy for me um to be able to comfortably and confidently run a game and so I'm doing like a test run with some friends of mine um, from acting school and two of them are you know really experienced role players and one has has never seen a role playing game in her life you know she's never touched one Um, but I was like you're so good at performing Um, you know I've done a a, a clown show with her (laughs) Um, and I was like I know that you can yeah I I run a theatre company and uh, I did a fringe show this year and so i i had a whole kind of group of performers that we all made the show together and she was one of them so it's making more and more sense that your nomad was from the circus you have a a real life circus (laughs) background it's crazy that's that's what i meant everyone from baby beard was like ellen okay (laughs) we know that you for sure picked that and i'm like i'm serious i didn't why won't anyone believe me They're like you with your fucking Harley Quinn fucking big sledgehammer. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I did pick the sledgehammer, but that's my weapon. I'm allowed to pick that. I don't have to roll for it. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> but I was like, I know that you'd be great at role playing because obviously you're an actor yeah, and you have a huge um, skill set in creating art as well not just you know not just showing up as an actor and reading your lines you know I've been in stuff where we've made stuff together and so I'm like you know come be in my game and she's so great like I think um you don't need to be so good at a system as long as you kind of go by genre and by role playing yeah creative thinkers you know like all I Mm. love uh well all of my players are like that but like um you know, I've seen other players that aren't so much, you know, they just do the rules. They kind of play the character a little bit, 
But I love when, like, I don't know, they dive into the character and, like, how the character would think and act, and they try to really role-play it properly, and then they get creative about the way that they do things within the game. It's not just cut and dry based on the rules available. And I love that because Mm -hmm. it it makes the story go beyond what I would plan. And even if I dive in and I I think, you know, as a GM, like, oh, this is a, a cool, twisted story with, like, this hidden meaning and like it's all deep and like obviously you know you, you think you came up with this genius thing or whatever and then like you drop it in and the players will just do something from left field and you're like okay well that just got rid of this whole aspect that I thought we were going to do now we're doing yeah. this and like <laughs> but I love it when that happens because it's just it naturally creates I don't know this cool story that just naturally uh, you collaborate with your players on and it, yeah. and it's never like it, you don't have to be um a role-playing person you just got to be a fun creative mind you know like if you can think of creative things and have fun with it and it's and it's usually actors are great at that you know yeah you just have to be generous you know you you um we say this all the time in in acting and and theater is like you know you have to be generous to your fellow actor if you're not giving them anything they're not going to give you anything right but if you're all working collectively for the good of the art or the product you're making then it's like a team, you know? So you can kind of, if you're struggling, your teammate's going to help you out, you know? Yeah, you feed off of each other's energy. Yeah, yeah. there's there's been some really great moments in our Kids on Bikes test where, um, you know, one of my my players has been like, oh, um, is it related to this? And like, nowhere in my mind was it, but I'm like, Yes, oh, that's pretty fucking good. Uh, yes, it is now. Exactly. <laughs> now I've got to s- scramble to think of it. Um, and like, I love when I that think, happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And like, that's not to say everything needs to be like oh so serious. You can still right. have fun because, uh, like, it, there's a joke that it's like I can only do one German accent, which is, uh, do you know, um, Werner Herzog? <laughs> No. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's like he's a documentary maker and he's very serious oh, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in his tone. Um but he also yes, he is also enjoying <laughs> the nice. the funny parts of life, but he always always sounds so serious that uh, when he's describing things like WrestleMania or keeping up with the Kardashians <laughs> that is quite humorous in tone. And I have a character who's German in my kids on bikes thing. Nice. And she's meant to be like a young teacher who, you know, her family immigrated to Australia, you know, um, maybe like uh, 10 years ago. And so, uh, yeah. And so, (laughs) but, but that's the only German accent I can do. So it's just like, hello. Yes, I am 20 (laughs) years old. I am a young woman. Yes, that is correct. And, uh, it came time in the campaign where they like knock on her family home and her father opens the door and they were like, hello, is this character here? And I'm like, um, oh. <laughs> yes, yeah. hello. Yes, this is her father. Yes, I will just, uh, daughter. No, you, what you should have yes, done father. is all, all of us, all, yeah, what you should have done is all of a sudden just talked in like an American accent and be like, yeah, I, I don't know why she does that. I don't know. She was raised yeah. in the States. I don't get why she, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Instead, I just treated it as it's like, no, that is the Mueller family accent. They all sound exactly the same. It's the family voice. Yeah. And so the joke is like, if you called the phone, you'd be like, hello. It's like, oh, is that, is that Leah? No. Is is it Hans? No. That's awesome. Is it Werner? Yes, this is Werner. (laughs) 
which is so silly. But yeah, it's that I love kind that you, of I love that you do accents, though. I love when players do accents or they get into it. And GMs, too. Like, I try to slide them in here and there with NPCs or characters, you know. But I love, uh, you know, watching or listening to gameplay when it gets like that. It's It just adds to it being immersive, you know. It's fun, but it also, to me, makes it feel more real. It just gives, like we said earlier, like a little more texture to the story or the, the, yeah, the game. Yeah. And- <laughs> The great thing about cyberpunk as well is that the world is, you know, the world is so multicultural because it's like our world. And, um, you know, so many people coming and going from things as well, like for our our podcast, um, having different accents can really this is just me personally. I I, I know as well, um, Sean from Baby Beard, he Love, he he says for each character he he always approaches it from the voice first like he has a, a he can hear their voice in his mind awesome. and so he kind of like builds the character around that so for cyberpunk 2020 he's a kind of like gruff um you know gruff kind of like speaks you know I'll I'll get the thing and yeah I'll I'll talk to my people and he kind of like is very kind yeah, of short abrasive. and detached and yeah gruff kind yeah. of thing and uh, in Red, he plays a kind of more, not smarmy, but he's a techie who is kind of much more attracted to um, machines than he is people. He finds machines so much easier to get along with, and he's yeah. really fascinated by them. And he's a bit of a smart ass, you know, so he's kind of that fast talking, fast, you know, blah, 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 you know, kind of thinks he knows everything in the room. Very snarky, very smug. Yeah, I love that. Um kind of thing and so that really helps him differentiate his characters and he builds them up from from there for me it's just a it it helps me differentiate what is the character and what is me speaking because you know for sprocket she is very excited and fast talking and oh she is so (laughs) so cute and you know funny and uh not very cool but when i take moments away from that and i'm speaking as the player ellen it hopefully helps the listeners listeners differentiate, you know, when Sprocket goes, oh, shit, uh, yeah, to when me, totally. the player, goes, oh, shit. <laughs> right, right. That's you a know, good what's point. Affecting, yeah, what's affecting the character and what's affecting the player. And sometimes you have it happening both ways where, uh, you know, something shocking will happen Will happen, and all of us will go, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you don't necessarily know what's the character and what's the player anymore. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I think that's a great point because I've never really thought of that that point of view or that angle of that is, you know, the the viewer, you know, the listener, just the fan or somebody, you know, that just helps them differentiate, like you said, character from player. And I never really thought about that, but it's so true. Yeah, because cool. we don't have the benefit of, you know, them being able yeah. to see our faces. Um, but then it's it's also a, it is a pro in that you might be able to do many characters. Or if you're a GM, you know, you can really kind of, uh, I know, Sean, we're going to be doing a season of Pulp Cthulhu, <laughs> oh. um, which we're halfway through recording. And so that's a kind of big adventurer, almost like the mummy meets Indiana Jones kind of thing. And... He said there's not a NPC that he he would never not voice. So, like, <laughs> anytime we're speaking to an NPC, he's like, I got to do a voice. I got to nice. do a character. Hell yeah. And we've got we've got a pretty multi- multicultural background in that one as well. Like, there's a New York gangster, Italian. There's a, um, oh, shit, is he? Sw- no, he's Norwegian. There's a Norwegian inventor. 
there's a French bon vivant, there's an Irish priest. So like, hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so like, anytime our characters interact with someone, Sean's having to go, ah, yes, that is very good. Uh, <laughs> or yeah, you know, you know, Mina, yeah, get the boss on him. <laughs> or, I love um... <laughs> that. I love that so much, though. It gives so much style and feeling to it, you know? And, uh, yeah, and, and I think on a, on a, for a GM, it also allows like, for instance, I, I like when, say, you give a certain voice to a character, like for an example, like a villain, and maybe mm. they send some like you don't know it's a villain. Maybe they send you on a job and you, you, you do that voice and they hire you and they do it over the phone anonymously. You do the job, whatever. Then later something bad happens or, you know, then you realize it's a villain because, um, you know, that dark figure enters the room or calls you and says, yeah, did you, you know, laughs at you about it. And, you know, you recognize that voice. You know, so yeah. kind of, you can almost play with that, too, just as you would a visual in that sense. Like it can be a complete component to the story where all of a sudden it's a, a mic drop, so to speak. Like all of a sudden, like and, you know, the, the villain walks in and when he starts speaking, you recognize the voice. And then the GM hits that voice and the player's like, oh, shit, that's the oh, same shit, voice he was yeah. doing that hired me, you know, two games ago or, you know, last session. Like, I don't know, it, it can be a, a, an actual component of the game, too, which is really cool. But I love that oh, your, your GM absolutely. gets all into that. That's that's so cool. Yeah, um, there's like a, oh shit, I did, I didn't know what I was going to say. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. See, I go on tangents. I just, I'll ramble about this shit and then I'll, we'll forget what we're talking about. Oh no, <laughs> me, me the fuck too. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, oh, that was one thing. Yeah. That Phil for Feed the Beast had real fun with is he asked us what our agents would sound like, um, Nice. Which I think in a, in and of itself, I think agents are a really cool thing of cyberpunk that I'd love there to be. I'm I'm very curious to see how they portray it in 2077. It's probably just going to be like a, you know, that's how you access, you know, stuff for, that's how you see what quest, you know, or right. mission it you're meant to be doing. Um, so I'm sure it's just going to be like an overlay like that. But But the idea of agents is, you know, a version of our smartphone, something right. that we're a bit familiar with, but they're also able to do much, much more because it's cyberpunk and they're higher tech. Um, it'll it'll be a flip Phil... phone just like in 2020. They were like so futuristic <laughs> with that flip phone. you know? <laughs> so futuristic. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's got a keyboard, you guys. Right. <laughs> it's got a keypad. Um, yeah, but he asked us what our agents would sound like because it's our own personal computer. So, you know, we all have Siri. Um and so his idea was that it's it's going to be kind of personalized to each individual. That's cool. And so he really had a lot of fun doing that. So with uh, Wax, our Netrunner, you know, he's a ladies' man. Well, he's kind of an everyone's man. Um, you know, got a lot of – he's got a long line of burned relationships in his past. <laughs> oh. Um, and so his, his agent was kind of like very flirtatious, very – Hey, Wax, you know, blah, nice. blah, blah. You've got this on today. And then um, mine, because I figured Sprocket would be missing home, you know, because my whole idea with her was that she's a nomad um, and and that she's a teenager and she's kind of doing like a rumspringer. Is it rumspringer? Rumspringer? Whatever. Yeah. The, what, what the Amish people do where it's kind of like when you're 16 or 17, you get to go out into the real, real community world, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and figure out if that's the life you want to lead. And so I figured she's kind of doing something like that where, you know, she's set up shop in this little new new community and she's she wants to taste the rest of the world, essentially. Nice. Um, 
And so, but I figured she'd probably be a bit homesick. And so when she wakes up in the morning, her agent goes, good morning, Sprocket. What are we going to do today? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so it reminds her of her dad. And uh, our techie, he has a huge relationship with his agent because he's got an internal one. So it's kind of like the little voice in his head. And, and he wants her to, you know, be, he keeps pushing her AI system, you know, um, what kind of music would you like? And, and the AI has to go, I don't know. I, I've never thought about liking something or music or, you know, what tastes I would have. <laughs> and so they kind of have like a My Girl Friday back and forth yeah, that's between awesome. the two of them. Yeah, I love that he came it, up with that this, that little touch of flavor. Like I, I, I like when GMs will do things like I, I've done it at the beginning of games. I've seen a buddy of mine that run games do it, but like, before we get started, okay, what's your character's favorite drink? Or I started one, yeah. I was like, okay, you guys just woke up from the previous night. What did your character dream about last night? And I let mm. each one kind of describe the dream that they had last night, you know? But I love that too. Like, what's your agent ringer sound like? Or what's your, your agent uh, response? Or yeah, Like, I, I love little, little touches of flavor like that. That's so cool. Oh, me too. And I think um, in 2020, we delve a bit more into that because... Our characters are less cohesive. They're not a family, you know. They're kind of people all all picked to do this one kind of heist job. So they're not friends, you know. They're working together, but it's not like they'd go out on a limb for each other, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And so in between preparing for this big heist, we've also got day-to-day things to do. So it's kind of like questions like even like what time would you wake up, you know, or... Um, yeah. where do you live? What's your house look like? If oh, you, yeah. you know, what's your bed like? Um, well, that's what I love so about between... session zeros too. Like that's what we did with ours established all this, but go on what you're saying. Oh yeah. Well, well, one of the big things and one of my favorite things about going mainstream our 2020 season is that my character's a rocker. She's got to do her job, you know? So she's got to prepare for a gig that she's got midway in that week. And um, for me, that meant um, just because I really get into the role playing of it and I wanted to like really explore that idea of being a rocker or a person of artistic influence in in cyberpunk. And so I was literally writing song lyrics. So like when Phil asks me, you know, what's Cassie doing Uh, when she's writing song lyrics? I kind of have an idea of like, so she's writing this song and it's going to be like this and the breakdowns. You know, it's kind of like a half electro, half indie pop ballad kind of thing. And so it just feeds him more texture, more flavor. And the best thing was we have original music made for our seasons by our good friend, Paul Goodman. And he and I collaborated on two diegetic cyberpunk songs from my character. And that's just like been the biggest highlight for me. It was like, you know, like this character's a rocker she's got to sing she's got to perform otherwise her life is kind of meaningless like that's right. that's what makes her her and yeah. so yeah it was really cool no, and to, that like, totally make brings songs. it to life you know but yeah to actually yeah. make actual songs <laughs> like not just role oh, play yeah. or talk about it but like oh let me hit play on what we created you know like, that's so cool <laughs> i know yeah. i know it was like a big ambitious task but like when i go back and listen to the episode where she you know, played her gig, um, and I get to hear the song that she's actually singing. I'm just like, oh, it just it just gives oh, me yeah. chills. So you're, oh, oh you, a song that you actually sang on too. Then you're saying, yeah. How did yeah. I miss that? 
Well, so um, while we were doing the playthrough, Phil would be asking questions about like, what's Cassie's music sound like? What are what are the things? And like, I would actually be writing lyrics as we were kind of talking. I'd be like, oh, she's writing this song about how she feels like in this world, you know, she's just spare yeah, yeah. parts. Now I'm going to have to go back um, and, and rewatch and re-listen now or whatever. Yeah. I, need to, I need to check that out. Or you need to at least send me the songs. Because <laughs> I oh, love yeah, that shit too. Sure. You know, I, I was, a, uh, you know, well, still a musician, but I was a touring musician for a long time, like late 90s, early 2000s, and, you know, a bunch of different projects and stuff. So I have a, a good passion for music as well. But I'd love to hear that. Oh. That's so cool. And I think, you know, awesome. I remember seeing a clip on your Instagram or something of you in a, in a vocal booth or something. I vaguely remember mm. seeing that or in your stories or something at one point, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, okay. I think we have a video it's coming back to me. <laughs> instead of me singing um, or tr- recording a, a portion of that song. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so then... then after we finished recording the actual gameplay, then comes the editing, then comes the the composing. Um, and I kind of asked my our composer, Paul Goodman, I was like, what if – I've got some lyrics here. What if we made a song out of it and we put it in the fucking – you know, what if we put it in the fucking show as, as a diegetic piece because there's a bit where she – performs so you know yeah. it would be great to then edit in that actual track and he was like you know i'm up for anything <laughs> and so i basically yeah, so cool. wrote the lyrics and sang him a kind of melody line and then sent that through to him as an mp3 and then he had a listen and then he basically composed around it like oh, he made badass. a kind of backing around it then he sent the backing to me and then it was my job to kind of with the new improved backing, sing over the top. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he kinda, didn't make it fucking easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kind of reverse engineered that shit. That's cool. Like you came yeah. up, you came up with the melody and hook or whatever that then he could create the song for you then to do it too. You know, like that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's he's awesome. a goddamn genius. But like I said, he he never makes it fucking easy for me because <laughs> I'm always I'm always like you know this is gonna be straight rock. It's gonna be like four four. You know, I I I sing a melody that in my head is pretty much on the beat yeah. and he just goes like old jazz baby like he wants oh. <laughs> syncopation he wants off the beat he yeah, wants yeah. weird staccato like rhythms a, a six and I'm seven like, time signature and shit you're just like wait where am i, I know. <laughs> and i'm like you're writing checks that my voice can't cash man <laughs> <laughs> that's um, funny but for me that was a big part of the the role play element and also like you know you get to play as a rocker in cyberpunk that's fucking dope. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you get to see how, because, um, you know, you have bards in D&D. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love the fact that, like, rockers, just like execs, like, the, the influence that they can have, even though completely different in the way that the rollability works, but like we discussed earlier, um, it's just, it's got a, a cool element. Well, I mean, each role has its own cool element now, especially with the subcategory role abilities and what they've added in red. But rocker boys and execs to me, they just, they're, you know, I can tell that they had to balance it in the way that they did in the rules because it's almost on the verge of unbalancing things or giving them too much power or something. You know what I mean? Like a little yeah. bit further and it could have been too much, but it's just, I don't know, they're really cool roles because of that. And rocker boy has, has just that, I don't know, that coolness to it. And then fitting within cyberpunk being punk and like the whole style over everything, like a yeah. rocker boy can kind of really role play on that angle really well if done right you mm. know it's so cool 
like for me it's just those little touches that I can I can believe how an artist kind of sees the world and goes fuck this we can do better or or oh, yeah. fuck you you're fucking up the world and and uses that to fuel their art to give themselves a purpose in life you know bards in D&D have magic and shit I it's not a one to one parallel of like right. <laughs> me empathizing with bards whereas in cyberpunk 2020 and and red and hopefully 2077 I'm like I know how that works you know yeah. um and and that's how I feel about all of the roles it's like I understand you know um oh, yeah. I mean maybe less so for solos cuz <laughs> I, 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 I like, don't know what it's like to go around. I was going to say, what, you haven't killed anybody? Breaking people's femurs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I know what you mean, at least like, and especially with Red, how they dove in depth. It's like, it's so, you can, if not relate to it, you just get more detailed info about it to where you can understand it more. And if you don't relate, you can at least play it better because it just gives it more depth with what they did in Red. I just love it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like a person, you know? Exactly. Totally. Um, and you yeah, meant, you mentioning that the 2077, I want to bring it back to one thing that we were talking about a while ago, which was, um, you know, how the, the video game obviously sheds light to a whole new genre of fan base and it can pull more players and GMs into the tabletop when they realize it's actually there and it's more of an open world. And I can see it, you know, making it more popular. And we kind of talked about that. But the other the other part of that is how do you feel about like tabletop simulators and digital board games and like. Um, you know, sites like Roll20 too, you know, Roll20 that were, you know, what do you think about the impact of that on the R RPG community and its future? Um, well, so the D&D campaign that I'm in at the moment, um, when we started, we were uh, in the midst of, of lockdown. Uh, I'm very fortunate that, um, you know, I live in Adelaide, South Australia, so we have uh, been able to relax a lot of those lockdowns you know um, we're very fortunate that way but when we started out we were right in the middle of it um, yeah. and so we utilized Roll20 as a kind of way to keep it going and you know as buggy as just doing things online or not in person is I think it's much cooler to be able to still do it um, not at all and and yeah, and and also the thing about doing it in Roll Twenty, I was like, these are just my mates from Adelaide. Um, I would fucking, I've got so many friends from, you know, overseas, and and even like other podcasters that we collaborate with, um, who live in Melbourne or or England and and stuff like that. And I've got so many mates who are, don't, like, necessarily live in the same place I do. That yeah. I was like, this is a way to bring people together you know and and sure it might be a bit buggy and you might have to like you know use your own phone data for it to, to for the connection to keep um but like fuck it it opens the door for um much more community for oh, yeah. you know your friend who lives overseas who you're like oh man i wish i wish they lived here so we could do x it's like no 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 you can still do x um, yeah. so I think that's such a positive thing for role playing. And like I said, I hope it, it eases that transition for accessibility for a lot of people. Cause it's not just a thing of like, you need to find people in your area now to, you know, who knows how right. to play a game. You could, you could go online onto a forum or wherever and you can go, Hey, is anyone playing this? I'd love to be in. 
and we can do it over Zoom or, you know, Roll20 or or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's, I, how, that's like, how I've been. Roll20. I was going to say, that's go. how it was in, in, in my games too. Like I, I play with, like I mentioned before, my wife plays on one of the teams. I have my buddy Mickey and his girl Heather. Um, they play on one of the other teams, and I know them from filmmaking and things we've done in L.A. over the years. But then I've also met new friends like my buddy Eric and Daniel and like we've, we've and Alex. Like we've, I've met people because of posting online like, hey, who wants to play? We're doing it on Roll20. And, it, and I, I don't think I would have done that or gotten into that if it wasn't for the quarantine because, you know, prior to that I was playing tabletop D&D and we were going to uh, – we started playing cyberpunk and then everything happened and, and we just couldn't play anymore. We weren't getting together. And then when I started looking at it, I was like, oh, let me let me try to do this, you know. And I got into Roll20. I was like, holy shit. Okay, now, fuck, now I'm streaming two games a week and I'm, yeah. play, and I'm playing on somebody else's game. And it's like, I don't know. I think it really um, not only allowed everyone to continue playing, gave another option during this fucked up quarantine time, pandemic mm. stuff. But I think, like you said, it also kind of allows new players to get introduced to it because they're no longer just looking in their local area and saying, fuck, I don't know anybody that plays cyberpunk. They can get yeah. on there and find plenty of people all over the world, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, the only bad thing about Roll20 uh, for me was just, like, my internet was shit at the time. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It can if, be rough. You know it's a new about, thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about Australian internet, but it's shite. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, I think Americans who come here are like, what the fuck? Are you just like, <laughs> are you running on like copper pipes or shit? <laughs> and, and yes, we are. You type um, it, you type in an email and it comes out the back end in the form of a smoke signal. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, what we do is we put an email in a kangaroo's pouch <laughs> oh, and, uh, <laughs> and they, they bring it over to our mate. Um, <laughs> um, but like, we got we got better internet halfway through nice. um but i think i think the thing is like online stuff will always be a little bit bu buggy you just have sure. to have the patience you know and then yeah. and i think fact, like you yeah, said it's you it's can better play with to, your mates yeah yeah and like you said it's better to do that than to not play at all like if you can't mm. play or you're in a place you can't find any players or gms it's like fuck like your only option is hop on one of these sites and you'll you'll find people or get in one of the groups online and then you'll find people and hop on one of the sites to facilitate the gameplay but at least yeah. it's there and that's not to say i don't love the tabletop you know, like I still want to play in person. There's something so fun, you know, getting together with friends and chilling, mm. having some food and playing and talking. And it's just yeah. fun. And then especially with, and I wanted to bring this up, is the Monster Club minis. You see uh, them coming out with the actual cyberpunk oh, miniatures. Yeah. And that's so, I've never really heavily been into miniatures, even with D&D. &D. Like they're cool. And I'll play like if my GM has them, which I, I appreciate mm. and it's cool. But I've never personally been into it. Um, till I've been seeing these Monster Club minis, and I'm like, oh man, the cyberpunk ones look so badass. I know they're <laughs> so so cool looking. Like we use minis in our D and D thing, but mainly because you know it's such a combat game. So if you don't know where you are in relation yeah. to who you're fighting, it can get real clusterfucky really quickly. Which is also the benefit of Roll Twenty is that you can move characters around on a map. Oh yeah. Um, but like <laughs> we don't <laughs> like when we play our D and D. It's usually like I started bringing in figurines because it was just too much for us to like put <laughs> pistachio shells wherever yeah, our characters yeah, yeah. were meant to be. Um, but even then, I don't have like 
I only have like one proper D&D minifig, um, which was given to me as a birthday present, and it's a half-orc warrior. Nice. Um, uh, but like all my other, like I just brought in some little mini toys that I had. So there's heaps of like little Star Wars figurines. And so there's always like a fight over like, no, no, no. Our paladin is R2-D2, guys. Come right, on, right. he dips it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> just like weird shit like that where you're like, uh-huh. And uh, yeah, Charmander is... Um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so the thim- the thimble from the thimble from Monopoly is <laughs> you know you're like no, I don't want to be the shoe, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's another those cool... minifigs for Cyberpunk look dope, and I hope that'll get people more into the like the role playing exactly. element of like they look so stylish and cool, and that's half exactly. of the game right there. Oh, totally, and collectible and all that stuff. Like, there's people that love miniatures, you know, like just like people that collect dice and shit, you know. But um, mm. <laughs> but that's a, that's another cool thing about Roll Twenty Two is going that digital route. Um, you, d- the options like you can load in all you know uh, tokens and JPEGs and like you know you yep. can you can put in endless amounts of NPCs and images that you can bring up to show the players and the GM can use and that's kind of cool too um, because you know playing in person you might not have that many miniatures or that many things to show to as an example of that NPC or thing going on. Um, so that's yeah, kind of cool totally. too. Yeah, and you can always like um, and like you know uh, all those funny little humorous uh, moments can still come when you're playing online because uh, so we're we're descending into Avernus in D and D, which is like hell, um, yeah. and <laughs> and so we put the map up on a roll twenty, and one of our players like basically. <laughs> took the text that says Avernus and replaced it with Perth, which I don't know if you know, but it's a ta- it's a Western Australian town um, <laughs> that we were oh, just nice. dunking on for no reason. And so oh, like, okay. he kept changing all of the maps in there to just be like, you that's know, funny. cities or towns in Australia that we just wanted to dunk on. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's kind of like what people do about Florida here in, in the States. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like that's the thing i didn't even know much about america but i'm like i know you guys hate new jersey (laughs) yeah that too yep (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) couldn't tell you why but i know you fucking hate them (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's true yeah it's true (laughs) but no um but yeah i think i think we really touched base on everything cyberpunk and then some um i think to sum up everything here we're just can't wait for red to officially come out and have all the source books and all the expansions and all the details released and it'll be nice for all of us to that have advanced copies too to have that many more players and gms and things going on and be able to talk about the details with people and it sounds like that that's it sounds like that's right around the corner too i saw a post um today in the cyberpunk uncensored group on facebook of uh um, the video game date and the uh the red official date coming out or something yeah, uh, I, I don't even want to say it because I'm not even sure, but it's still looking no. like you know end of <laughs> summer is looking good for red. But but who knows? Everything can change. I think they're basing it all on making sure the lore and the things line up with what 2077 is going to say because it has to connect. You know the storylines yeah. and stuff. Um, and I respect that. I'm not one of those people that's like, hurry up, put out red, hurry up, put out the video game. Like, oh no, I don't shit. Like, take like, your time, make that shit amazing. I'm so excited for when it does come out. Yeah, but it's like you know, it's like a stew. You gotta wait exactly. until it's fully cooked. You don't you don't want it to be under seasoned or right. you know it'll come out when it's ready to come out. 
Um, so I think people just have to be have to be patient. And you know what? Like that's a big, I think, testament to a lot of the cyberpunk community that I personally have been seeing is that, you know, people are just like, they're really excited, but they're not being dicks about having to wait. Right. Um, exactly. Every know, once in a I- while, I'll see somebody kind of like troll a post on the cyberpunk uh, 2077 page or the red, you know, the art Talsorian. Like every once in a while, yeah. I'll see like one person like, oh, what the, why are you even putting this news? I just, I just care. When is it coming out? Or what? Oh, oh, let me guess like another delay. And like anytime I see somebody do that, they'll get like attacked by the community that's just like, what the yeah. fuck is your problem, dude? Like then don't buy the game. Like nobody cares about what you think. Like everybody just wants it to be as good as it can be. And we're waiting for the company to do what they got to do. And then it'll be out and everyone will love it. You know, like it's, yeah. I don't know. I love that aspect. It's of not the like we're in the middle of a pandemic or, you know, uh, <laughs> a, a revolution here. So right. <laughs> let's just shut the fuck up and wait, right. and wait your turn. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, you know, they're smaller companies as well. Like, you know, Artel Zorian is kind of like a, a mom and pop kind yeah. of thing where it's like it's it's a little family and I I have no idea how they're able to do the work on the scale that they do. Oh, um, I know. And so, similar thing, like CD Projekt, right? Like sure, Cyberpunk 2077 is like a AAA game, but they're not they're not a huge, huge company. Right. No, exactly. Um, you know, so it's just like, shut up, dudes. Like, <laughs> no, I think that's what I love about Artel Zorian is. It. The, the part I love about them so much is the fact that it's like, you know, Mike and his wife and his son and like they're just it is a family business, know. you know, with like a few other employees. And it's like, I don't know, it just has that that feeling where like they're doing it just like, you know, other bigger companies or whatever. And I don't, I don't want to name names on different ones, but but I feel like it, they're doing it. But with that sort of feeling like they care. Like it just yeah. has more of a feeling that they care. And that's not to say others don't in other companies and things like that, but there's just something to the fact that it is their entire family. Like, um, when, like just a slight quick example, like when I used to tour and stuff, uh, my wife, Valerie, she would go hit the road with us. She would, you know, run the merch table. Then when we ran different shops here in LA and my different businesses, she would help with that. When we do filmmaking, she's acting in them. She's working on set on other projects I'm hired to work on. And like, we are a team. And I always feel like when you see uh, family teams, you know, it's not easy to to work with and love your family and friends and to be around them just like you might not get along with a roommate even, you know, living with each other, around each other all the time. But when you see that work and you see it happen, there's just something respectful or like, I don't know, honorable about that or something to it that just makes me go, fuck yeah, man, like that feels right. Like the fact that their whole family is into it and doing it, it just, you know, it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. it's not easy to pull that shit off. Yeah. And also that they care about, you know, red or they care about 2077 more than they care about some arbitrary day. It's like, if you, if you need extra time to make the thing, um, as opposed to, I, I would always pay more and wait more for a company to really focus on what's important than having to crunch and like fucking kill themselves to get a game made you know it's not about that exactly and i think that's what it seems like they're doing and i I love that you know it's so cool so but yeah to wrap it up you know thanks so much for for joining me i just want to plug uh some things here and then plug some of the things you've got going on um yeah yeah once again everybody listening you know I, I do this because I have a passion for cyberpunk. I love this shit. I live and breathe it. Please give some support back. Share the podcast. Tune into Mulligan Live on YouTube. We I stream, you know, two games a week, two different teams a week live. Join in. 
Um, join the Cyberpunk Uncensored group on Facebook, the Instagram account, the fan page. Just get involved. You know, we're trying to build up this community because we love it. And, and I would really appreciate the support back. That would be so cool. So just consider that. And then obviously on this episode, I really want to, you know, remind everyone, show some support to Ellen and her team. They're doing some really cool shit with Roll to Cast. Check out that podcast. And Ellen, I want you to kind of, um, you know, mention Should any, I any plug my shit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> plug your shit. Let everybody know what's up and where to find you guys. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, so I've been Ellen. I'm from Baby Beard Media. So you can look us up on all of the all of the usual sites, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, on Instagram, you can see all of my cosplaying stuff, which um, are super dope. I've just launched some some media pics from Cyberpunk, and they're really really awesome. So check them oh, out. Yeah. We have. Um, Two ongoing podcasts. We have Shut Up and Take My Podcast, which is a Futurama podcast, and obviously Roll to Cast, where you can find all of our delicious cyberpunky goodness. And uh, yeah, and that's we're, and we're that's Roll Roll R O L E to cast. You know, yeah, R O L E like actors, which is what we are. So check us out on there. We're also doing Let's Plays on YouTube, so you can always find our, our um, you know, our deliciousness there yeah. and we're really looking for more supporters so we can you know really pump out um more more and more seasons you know if you want more cyberpunk if you want more red then hop onto our patreon and um you know give us your money damn it <laughs> yeah exactly and you and you guys are and you guys are doing other role-playing games too you know obviously i'm passionate i love cyberpunk but i also love role-playing games i, I you know to me it's always more than a game it's like therapy it's so much more um, so that's another yeah. thing to point out is like anybody listening, I, I know you love cyberpunk. That's why you're listening and you're here, but, um, role to cast and things that Ellen are doing, you know, involve a, a bunch of other role playing games as you heard her talking about. So definitely look up all the pages she mentioned and her team and show them some support too. Um, any last words, anything else that we forgot to mention or anything you want to mention? <laughs> any last words? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds um, very cyberpunk when saying that, huh? <laughs> I know. Um, I guess just like. You know, live well, Chumbatas. Like, hell yeah. Um, die with your mask on if you've got to. Yeah. <laughs> and just, you know, try and show the corporations what's what. That's that's all I gotta say. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Ellen. I really do appreciate you joining me. And I'll be talking to you in the near future about maybe some voiceover work. I'll be tuning into your your uh, podcast and your gameplay, and I'll be checking out your cosplay pictures on Instagram too. <laughs> awesome thank you so much for having me awesome thanks take care and take care everybody listening thank you bye